0: section 5 of the three impostors by arthur machen this liebervox recording is in the public domain novel of the dark valley part 2 i crawled home like a wounded beast and lay down on my bed it was all a hopeless puzzle to me i knew nothing but rage and shame and terror and i suffered little more when i passed by a house in an adjacent valley and some children who were playing outside ran from me shrieking i was forced to walk to find some occupation i should have died if i had sat down quietly in blue rock park and looked all day at the mountains but whenever i saw a human being i saw the same glance of hatred and aversion and once as i was crossing a thick brake i heard a shot and the venomous hiss of a bullet close to my ear one day i heard a conversation which astounded me i was sitting behind a rock resting and two men came along the track and halted one of them had got his feet entangled in some wild vines and swore fiercely but the other laughed and said they were useful things sometimes what the hell do you mean oh nothing much but they're uncommon tough these here vines and sometimes rope is scarce and dear the man who had sworn chuckled at this and i heard them sit down and light their pipes have you seen him lately asked the humorist i sighted him the other day but the darn bullet went high he's got his master's luck i expect sir but it can't last much longer you heard about him going to jinx and trying his brass but the young british downed him pretty considerable i can tell you what the devil's the meaning of it i don't know but i believe it'll have to be finished and done in the old style too you know how they fix the niggers yes sir i've seen a little of that a couple of gallons of kerosene will cost a dollar at brown's store but i should say it's cheap anyway they moved off after this and i lay still behind the rock the sweat pouring down my face i was so sick that i could barely stand and i walked home as slowly as an old man leaning on my stick i knew that the two men had been talking about me and i knew that some terrible death was in store for me that night i could not sleep i tossed on the rough bed and tortured myself to find out the meaning of it all at last in the very dead of night i rose from the bed and put on my clothes and went out i did not care where i went but i felt that i must walk till i tired myself out it was a clear moonlight night and in a couple of hours i found i was approaching a place of dismal reputation in the mountains a deep cleft in the rocks known as black gulf canyon many years before an unfortunate party of englishmen and englishwomen had camped here and had been surrounded by indians they were captured outraged and put to death with almost inconceivable tortures and the roughest of the trappers or woodsmen gave the canyon a wide berth even in the daytime as i crushed through the dense brushwood which grew above the canyon i heard voices and wondering who could be in such a place at such a time i went on walking more carefully and making as little noise as possible there was a great tree growing on the very edge of the rocks and i lay down and looked out from behind the trunk black gulf canyon was below me the moonlight shining bright into its very depths from mid-heaven and casting shadows as black as death from the pointed rock and all the sheer rock on the other side overhanging the canyon was in darkness at intervals a light veil obscured the moonlight as a filmy cloud fleeted across the moon and a bitter wind blew shrill across the gulf i looked down as i have said and saw twenty men standing in a semicircle round a rock i counted them one by one and knew most of them they were the very vilest of the vile more vile than any din in london could show and there was murder worse than murder on the heads of not a few facing them and me stood mr smith with the rock before him and on the rock was a great pair of scales such as are used in the stores i heard his voice ringing down the canyon as i lay beside the tree and my heart turned cold as i heard it life for gold he cried a life for gold the blood and the life of an enemy for every pound of gold a man stepped out and raised one hand and with the other flung a bright lump of something into the pan of the scales which clanged down and smith muttered something in his ear then he cried again blood for gold for a pound of gold a life of an enemy for every pound of gold upon the scales a life one by one the men came forward each lifting up his right hand and the gold was weighed in the scales and each time smith leant forward and spoke to each man in his ear then he cried again desire and lust for gold on the scales for every pound of gold enjoyment of desire i saw the same thing happen as before the uplifted hand and the medal weighed and the mouth whispering and black passion on every face then one by one i saw the men again step up to smith a muttered conversation seemed to take place i could see that smith was explaining and directing and i noticed that he gesticulated a little as one who points out the way and once or twice he moved his hands quickly as if he would show the path was clear and could not be missed i kept my eyes so intently on his figure that i noted little else and at last it was with a start that i realized that the canyon was empty a moment before i thought i had seen the group of villainous faces and the two standing a little apart by the rock i had looked down a moment and when i glanced again into the canyon there was no one there in dumb terror i made my way home and i fell asleep in an instant from exhaustion no doubt i should have slept on for many hours but when i woke up the sun was only rising and the light shone in on my bed i had started up from sleep with the sensation of having received a violent shock and as i looked in confusion about me i saw to my amazement that there were three men in the room one of them had his hand on my shoulder and spoke to me come mister wake up your time's up now i reckon and the boys are waiting for you outside and they're in a big hurry come on you can put on your clothes it's kind of chilly this morning i saw the other two men smiling sourly at each other but i understood nothing i simply pulled on my clothes and said i was ready all right come on then you go first nichols and jim and i will give the gentleman an arm they took me out into the sunlight and then i understood the meaning of a dull murmur that had vaguely perplexed me while i was dressing there were about two hundred men waiting outside and some women too and when they saw me there was a low muttering growl i did not know what i had done but that noise made my heart beat and the sweat come out on my face i saw confusedly as through a veil the tumult and tossing of the crowd discordant voices were speaking and among all those faces there was not one glance of mercy but a fury of lust that i did not understand i found myself presently walking in a sort of procession up the slope of the valley and on every side of me there were men with revolvers in their hands now and then a voice struck me and i heard words and sentences of which i could form no connected story but i understood that there was one sentence of execration i heard scraps of stories that seemed strange and improbable some one was talking of men lured by cunning devices from their homes and murdered with hideous tortures found writhing like wounded snakes in dark and lonely places only crying for some one to stab them in the heart and so in their anguish and i heard another voice speaking of innocent girls who had vanished for a day or two and then had come back and died blushing red with shame even in the agonies of death i wondered what it all meant and what was to happen but i was so weary that i walked on in a dream scarcely longing for anything but sleep at last we stopped we had reached the summit of a hill overlooking blue rock valley and i saw that i was standing beneath a clump of trees where i had often sat i was in the midst of a ring of armed men and i saw that two or three men were very busy with piles of wood while others were fingering a rope then there was a stir in the crowd and a man was pushed forward his hands and feet were tightly bound with cord and though his face was unutterably villainous i pitied him for the agony that worked his features and twisted his lips i knew him he was amongst those that had gathered round smith in black gulf canyon in an instant he was unbound and stripped naked Born beneath one of the trees and his neck encircled by a noose that went around the trunk a hoarse voice gave some kind of order there was a rush of feet and the rope tightened and there before me i saw the blackened face and the writhing limbs and the shameful agony of death one after another half a dozen men all of whom i had seen in the canyon the night before were strangled before me and their bodies were flung forth on the ground then there was a pause and the man who had roused me a short while before came up to me and said now mister it's your turn we give you five minutes to cast up your accounts and when that's clocked by the living god we will burn you alive at that tree it was then i awoke and understood i cried out why what have i done why should you hurt me i am a harmless man i never did you any wrong i covered my face with my hands it seemed so pitiful and it was such a terrible death what have i done i cried again you must take me for some other man you cannot know me you black-hearted devil said the man at my side we know you well enough there's not a man within thirty miles of this that won't curse jack smith when you are burning in hell my name's not smith i said with some hope left in me my name is wilkins i was mr smith's secretary but i knew nothing of him hark at the black liar said the man secretary be damned you were clever enough i dare say to slink out at night and keep your face in the dark but we've tracked you out at last but your time's up come along i was dragged to the tree and bound to it with chains i saw the piles of wood heaped all about me and shut my eyes then i felt myself drenched all over with some liquid and looked again and a woman grinned at me she had just emptied a great can of petroleum over me and over the wood a voice shouted fire away and i fainted and knew nothing more when i opened my eyes i was lying on a bed in a bare comfortless room a doctor was holding some strong salts to my nostrils and a gentleman standing by the bed whom i afterwards found to be the sheriff addressed me say mister he began you've had an uncommon narrow squeak for it the boys were just about lighting up when i came along with the posse and i had as much as i could do to bring you off i can tell you and mind you i don't blame them they had made up their minds you see that you were the head of the black gulf gang and at first nothing i could say would persuade em that you weren't jack smith luckily a man from here named evans that came along with us allowed he had seen you with jack smith and that you were yourself so we brought you along and jailed you but you can go if you like when you're through with this faint turn i got on the cars the next day and in three weeks i was in london again almost penniless but from that time my fortune seemed to change i made influential friends in all directions bank directors courted my company and editors positively flung themselves into my arms i had only to choose my career and after a while i determined that i was meant by nature for a life of comparative leisure with an ease that seemed almost ridiculous i obtained a well-paid position in connection with a prosperous political club i have charming chambers in a central neighbourhood close to the parks the club chef exerts himself when i lunch or dine and the rarest vintages in the cellar are always at my disposal yet since my return to london i have never known a day's security or peace i tremble when i awake lest smith should be standing at my bed and every step i take seems to bring me nearer to the edge of the precipice smith i knew had escaped free from the raid of the vigilantes and i grew faint at the thought that he would in all probability return to london and that suddenly and unprepared i should meet him face to face every morning as i left my house i would peer up and down the street expecting to see that dreaded figure awaiting me i have delayed at street corners my heart in my mouth sickening at the thought that a few quick steps might bring us together i could not bear to frequent the theatres or music halls lest by some bizarre chance he should prove to be my neighbour sometimes i have been forced against my will to walk out at night and then in silent squares the shadows have made me shudder and in the medley of meetings in the crowded thoroughfares i said to myself it must come sooner or later he will surely return to london and i shall see him when i feel most secure i scanned the newspapers for hint or intimation of approaching danger and no small type nor report of trivial interest was allowed to pass unread especially i read and reread the advertisement columns but without result months passed by and i was undisturbed till though i felt far from safe i no longer suffered from the intolerable oppression of instant and ever-present terror this afternoon as i was walking quietly along oxford street i raised my eyes and looked across the road and then at last i saw the man who had so long haunted my thoughts mr wilkins finished his wine and leant back in his chair looking sadly at dyson and then as if a thought struck him fished out of an inner pocket a leather letter-case and handed a newspaper cutting across the table dyson glanced closely at the slip and saw that it had been extracted from the columns of an evening paper it ran as follows wholesale lynching shocking story a dazil telegram from reading colorado states that advices received there from blue rock park report a frightful instance of popular vengeance for some time the neighborhood has been terrorized by the crimes of a gang of desperadoes who under the cover of a carefully planned organization have perpetrated the most infamous cruelties on men and women a vigilance committee was formed and it was found that the leader of the gang was a person named smith living in blue rock park action was taken and six of the worst in the band were summarily strangled in the presence of two or three hundred men and women smith is said to have escaped this is a terrible story said dyson i can well believe that your days and nights are haunted by such fearful scenes as you have described but surely you have no need to fear smith he has much more cause to fear you consider you have only to lay your information before the police and a warrant would be immediately issued for his arrest besides you will i am sure excuse me for what i am going to say my dear sir said mr wilkins i hope you will speak to me with perfect freedom well then i must confess that my impression was that you were rather disappointed at not being able to stop the man before he drove off i thought you seemed annoyed that you could not get across the street sir i did not know what i was about i caught sight of the man but it was only for a moment and the agony you witnessed was the agony of suspense i was not perfectly certain of the face and the horrible thought that smith was again in london overwhelmed me i shuddered at the idea of this incarnate fiend whose soul is black with shocking crimes mingling free and unobserved amongst the harmless crowds meditating perhaps a new and more fearful cycle of infamies i tell you sir that an awful being stalks through the streets a being before whom the sunlight itself should blacken and the summer air grow chill and dank such thoughts as these rushed upon me with the force of a whirlwind i lost my senses i see i partly understand your feelings but i would impress on you that you have nothing really to fear depend upon it smith will not molest you in any way you must remember he himself has had a warning and indeed from the brief glance i had of him he seemed to me to be a frightened-looking man however i see it is getting late and if you will excuse me mr wilkins i think i will be going i dare say we shall often meet here dyson walked off smartly pondering the strange story chance had brought him and finding on cool reflection that there was something a little strange in mr wilkins's manner for which not even so weird a catalogue of experiences could altogether account end of novel of the dark valley